Hey there, Kelly here. Guests on the show share so many great ideas, but how do you start putting them into practice? Well, that's exactly what you'll explore when you sign up for the podcast weekly newsletter. Each week, you'll get three ideas from past guests sent straight to your inbox. You'll explore materials, techniques, tools, concepts, and mindsets in bite-sized pieces so that you can think about them and fold them into your own practice. It's completely free and you get it by signing up at learntopaintpodcast.com slash newsletter. I had to figure out that comparison could really ruin me in a challenge like this. And I had to start making a promise to myself that I would use it like a battering ram against myself. Hello and welcome to the Learn to Paint podcast, the show where we work to answer the question, how do you get better at painting? I'm your host, Kelly Ann Powers. In today's mini episode, I sit down with artist Debbie Miller and talk to her about hashtag challenges, what they are, the commitment they take, and how they can help you be a better painter. Have you done a hashtag challenge? I would love to hear your favorite ones to participate in and how they've benefited your art practice. Leave a comment at the show notes at learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 35. All right, here we go. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to this podcast mini episode. Hi, Kelly. Thank you uh, for having me. So first off, just for people who aren't familiar, what is an art challenge? The ones that I've participated in are on Instagram, and they're often called hashtag challenges. So someone will be the hashtag challenge host and will post the rules for whatever it is, how long it's going to last, what they expect of you if you're participating, and tell you what hashtag to use. And then everybody who participates, they tag their work when they post it with that hashtag. Then you can follow the hashtag and see everybody else that's also participating. And sometimes the hashtag um, sponsor will promote things that other people are doing as well. So typically they have some kind of time limit. So anywhere from a week to 100 days um, and maybe even a year. I haven't ever done a year long one, but most of them are about 30 days. So for whatever the rule is, you post as many times as they suggest, and there's usually a theme. For example, one of the ones I do every year is 28 February flowers. So that the theme is obviously flowers, <laughs> and they're 28 days in February, so one a day. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So many of us say, I'll join one time at X skill level, but anyone can join these. I, yeah, I mean, I suppose there might be some that are more persnickety and they would say that in their in their invitation but most everybody says this is open for the community this is for fun it's for to help you build your skills and to build your creative practice and also to get some exposure to other people and see what's happening and so typically it's to create a sense of community and that we're all in this together and i have to say that the community piece is one of my favorite parts of it like I'm in an art book club and everyone in that art book club, I met through an art challenge on Instagram. And every once in a while, I'm just, I think about that and I'm just struck by how lovely that is. The community really is a big part of it. It is actually. And that's actually one of the things I think that is a motivator for me to participate, but it's also has a little bit of a shadow side because I can get so committed to the community element where I want to comment on everybody's post. And then I'm like realizing my screen time for Instagram has gone up like 5,000% because I don't want anybody to feel left out. <laughs> so there's a always a balance, right? There's the light and the shadow of, of any one of these things uh, for these projects. Then from your perspective, sort of big level, 
how can an art challenge be helpful to someone who's focused on learning to paint? Well, I think it's really great because, as you know, Kelly, I'm a big proponent of daily painting and this idea of the benefit of an iterative process, something that you just do regularly and repetitively, that it builds your skills pretty quickly. And it's just a great way to keep yourself in the learning game, you know, not to get shut down by a failure from yesterday's painting and then you just put your paints away and don't do it for a while. So if you have some accountability system set up with this challenge, it's it's a 30-day challenge and they are encouraging you to post every day. And I don't think anybody should feel like that's some kind of slavish rule that they have to do. And, you know, life happens and there needs to be flexibility when it comes to this. And that's actually something to think about. If, if you don't think you can give yourself grace, maybe a, cha- a hashtag challenge isn't the best tool for you. But if you can use that structure helpfully to give yourself some motivation and some accountability to get to your easel every day, and usually because there's some kind of a theme, it takes out that thing that happens to many of us is, what do I paint today? You know, and you're just freaking out. And so if there's already an answer, oh, well, if it's 28 February flowers, I guess I'm going to paint flowers. And then on top of that, they might put today is, you know, day five is irises. Well, okay, I guess I'm going to paint an iris, you know, and not that I always feel obligated to follow the prompts, but if they're there, it can be a really helpful tool. So I think just the motivation and the accountability can be such a great tool if you're someone that is motivated by that. And I think that part of the discernment process, if you should sign up for something like this, is to kind of know what does motivate you. Because some people, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies quiz. You know, if you're a rebel and somebody tells you to paint 28 days of flowers, well, that's going to actually make you want to paint 90 days of no flowers, right? You know, because you're not motivated by the external pressure. You're actually motivated to move against it. I'm more of an obliger type in that tendencies quiz. So I tend to be motivated by external motivations and expectations. So when I'm in a challenge like that, it's very motivating for me. But if it's not, then you can say, well, I I need to just, I want to shape the rules to make it work for me. I don't have to let the rules that are out there in the, you know, Instagram description control the process. I want to shape this so that it helps me in my practice in whatever way is going to be meaningful for me. It takes a lot of energy and effort and creative stamina to figure out what to do every time we walk into the studio. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for how much work that takes. And this can be a way to alleviate, have some of that pressure taken off of ourselves and have some external pressure help us instead of having to make every choice. There's so many micro decisions in the painting process. And that can be really wearying for us. And just having someone else decide what you're going to paint today, as long as it really is, you know, don't do a hashtag challenge for something you're not interested in. I would never do a hashtag challenge of 28 motorcycle paintings. Like that doesn't motivate me. But if it motivates you, then this is great because it takes one decision off your plate. And then that just lets you come in and say, now the wheels are already starting to turn because... I don't have to get up the energy to get out of that complete inertia of not knowing what to do. This is more of a statement than a question, but also if in the middle of it, you find that you can't finish it, don't feel bad. Like I've seen a lot of artist friends get halfway through the hundred day challenge and just, they can't go forward and they feel so bad that they didn't finish it. But really like, look at all the work you did do. I guess how do you see people sort of getting stuck in that part of it? And what would you suggest they frame that as? I think 
it's important to decide what success is for you. And if success is completing the challenge on the schedule that has been laid out, then that's one thing. Then at the end of it, if you haven't done that, yeah, you feel like you just, you're disappointed because you didn't do that. But if the thing is, you know that you really need that kind of external motivation to keep you going, and this is something you just really want to commit to because you know that given the chance to say, well, maybe I don't need to today, that would turn into four days and, or five days. And you, you just know yourself well enough to know you need that, then use it that way. But for most of us, I think we have to plan for the unexpected. We have to like um, I'm recovering from COVID right now, even though I'm fully vaccinated and I've been one of the most cautious people in the entire world. I didn't expect that to happen and it did. And it, it affected my ability to be at my easel. I mean, I sat there and pushed paint around, but let me tell you, I did not create a painting you know, <laughs> just for, for several of the days of, of my illness. So things happen. And so to be able to say, I need to define success for me is did I show up more days than not? Did I feel good about what I made? Did I paint more than I did this time last year? I mean, did I do well under the circumstances I was in right this moment? You know, and I think that that's really important. And I think there's a big difference between guilt and shame that Brene Brown talks about. She says guilt is when you don't live up to a standard that you have for yourself or a value that you have for yourself or that society holds for you, like if you run through a red light, you know, <laughs> but it's about behavior. And it's like, you know, I failed to behave in a way that's consistent with this value that is held. But shame is more about when you turn on yourself and you say, I suck because I didn't do this and I'm a terrible painter and I need to quit. And who am I? I'm a fraud. I'm a not a real artist because I couldn't pull it off, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think you can say, honestly, yeah, I really wish I had had the stamina or I wish I could have cleared the decks in my life more so that I could have done more of the 100-day challenge. That's like an honest assessment, right? But you don't turn ugly on yourself. But if I, if you take that information and then you go down the into the dark, you know, abyss of shame, then that will stall you out creatively. You know, it's really hard. Shame is not a creative partner. It is a creative killer. It will keep you from your easel. And so I think if you can say, I want to just be, I can assess and say, yeah, I wish I had done more, but the, okay, next year. And yeah, let me celebrate what I did do. And so I don't want to go down the shame loop. Well, then you sort of mentioned this briefly in passing, but what sort of prep do you do or do you suggest people do going into a challenge or do you just start on day one cold? It depends. For the 100 day challenge, I do a lot of prep because the project I tend to do every year is 100 days of encouragement. So I tend to find artists that I want to create in their style and honor them. And so I do a lot of research on those individual artists. So it takes me months of advanced planning to do my project. But I made my project complex. You know, I think if I was just saying I want to do 100 days of photographing my shoes, I wouldn't have had to do it, done as much preparation. But I do think Anytime I want to commit to a challenge now, I just want to think about how rigid is it? How ready am I for this? Do I really have time to do this? Is it going to advance me creatively? Is it going to help me achieve some of my goals, like either just to be more faithful to my painting or to explore a certain style or theme that I'm interested in? And will I be kind to myself in the process if it's not going well? So those are the kinds of questions I tend to ask myself before I get started. And then I also try to not apologize if I 
don't post one day or haven't done, I try not to turn on myself even in my posts, you know, not to say, oh God, I suck because it's day five and I already haven't painted today, you know, like, so on the one hand that gives other people permission to fail too, but is if I can do it without actually turning on myself, then I, I can be self-deprecating, but I don't want to apologize excessively because you know what? Life happens. You know? Also, it's surprising how hard it is to post after painting. Like you would think that it's not that hard to post a painting, like you did the hard work, but for some reason that posting part is so tough. It's time consuming, not just posting, but, you know, writing something and figuring out the hashtags. And so, especially if I'm doing a hashtag challenge, I'll set a framework up in my notes page on my phone that says day X of that, you know, whatever, like, and then I put in the space for the title of the painting and the size and the description of it. And I put all the hashtags that I want to use for that already in there. And so each day I just modify it and that helps me it's just a time saver on getting the post done. So I know that seems like a silly, simple thing to do, but it really has, it's been really helpful for me, especially because I'm going to use so many similar hashtags if I'm doing a, a 30 day challenge, just to have that shell set up. And each day it's there for me and it helps, it shaves, you know, half an hour off the whole processing. One less to set us decisions to make, right? Well then, speaking of sort of decisions that you make, do you keep what you're painting on and the shape you're painting on all of that consistent? Are there any things that you keep consistent throughout a challenge? Well, I do because I always paint on six by six inch squares. So, you know, but I don't think that's necessary for other people. It's just that that's, you know, I have 46 cartons of them in the, in the garage. This, this is what I do. So if I'm doing a challenge that only wanted you to do landscape things, I think I don't know if I would, could do it since I paint in square format so often. But I think really that could be one of the fun things in a challenge is to say to push yourself to try different mediums or different substrates or, you know, different size pieces to work on. I mean, so part of it is just defining what you want to get out of that experience. Do you think it's useful then to limit the number of things you want to get out of that experience? It probably depends on the person. Like some people need that kind of variety. And so today they can focus on this aspect of their goals. Some people get overwhelmed and less is really, really better for them. So I think it's, again, in knowing yourself and knowing how this challenge can help you instead of you fitting into the challenge. I'm thinking about like if someone is starting to feel overwhelmed, there might be an opportunity there to ask themselves if they can simplify. Because I think we go into these things just in our minds and in our minds, we can do anything. <laughs> our minds don't have to do laundry or dishes. Our minds just paint. And then when we actually do the painting, it just takes time and energy and all that, but that our expectations might be bigger than we can handle at this point in time. Oh, yes. Yes. When um, Brian and I hosted a hashtag challenge this summer, it's called 30 Midsummer. And for anybody that wanted to sign up for the free resource course, I posted daily prompts and they were photographs that I pulled together. And I picked like five photographs for each daily theme, you know. And um, every time I said, oh, this is the one I'm going to paint, you know, like when I was like, oh, I can't wait to paint this. And then I would wake up that morning and look at it and go, oh my God, that's so complicated. <laughs> what the heck was I thinking? I can't paint that. And I find the easiest one and go, that's it. I don't even like this photograph, but it's easy. So, <laughs> This is what I'm doing today. So yeah, for sure. Simplifying is definitely the way to go if you find yourself feeling overloaded or overwhelmed or shut down in some way. And maybe you have really wanted to explore oil paints, but if you don't want to not paint today or not participate, 
you just want to pull out your acrylics for today because it's easier. They're your best friend, you know, go for it. Just make it work for you. What are some of the surprises you have found in doing challenges? For me, the 100-day challenge has been one of the most significant things that I've done. I did not do it this year, but I did it for three previous years. And it always took me more than 100 days to get the 100 days of painting done. But I tried to complete 100 no matter how long it took me. I think what was so interesting is when you do something for 100 days, that's a third of the year. Like, And it turns out to be such a shaping influence, other aspects of my life. Yeah, there's just such a sense of accomplishment, but also people will start to follow you and they'll really will know. And if you don't post, they'll they'll say, hey, I didn't see anything from you. And it's kind of shocking, the community aspect of it. And I just think there is something so great about getting to the finish line of something. I'm not an athlete, so I've never crossed the finish line <laughs> in any other way. But uh, well, I guess I've graduated from high school and college and got my master's. But, you know, I'm saying like I'm not, that isn't something I've really had a lot of experience of growing up. So to get to the end of a challenge like this and to be able to look back on your work and look back and see the body of the work that you created and just go, oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Oh, look at this you know what, that's a lot better than I thought when I finished it. And, you know, like, oh, you know, if I did that one again, I would do this one a little bit different. And so just there's something so, I don't know, just great about the rhythm of that. And it creates an an opportunity for that beginning, middle, end, and then the review, you know, to look back and remember. Especially when we're first starting out, everything we're doing is kind of isolated and we don't really see the connectors between things. And then when you commit to that first 30-day challenge, you're sort of forced to show up and do something consistently, and you start to see things emerge that you never would have seen sort of doing it in islands. It's like the islands start to connect in a way that is, it's just so magical. It's magical at each phase you are in your skill. I totally agree with you. And I think that at the end of a challenge, I always try to like, go back and look at the, you know, create some collages of the whole work or, or lay everything out on my dining room table and see the whole, I couldn't do it for the hundred days. We don't have that big of a dining room table, but for 30 days, I could lay everything out. And it's so good because you not only see the themes, but you also see your progress. Like you see the things that, oh, you know, I really can see how I got better at this thing as the time went on. I think it's a really important piece of our work as artists to be able to celebrate our progress, to, to notice it, to observe it, to become good, good critics of our work, like kind critics of our work, which means to look at it, spend some time with it and become familiar with it and see all those little connectors that you were talking about. Because then it's like that magic, you start to go, oh, I really see something here. And I want to I treat my artwork as seriously as I treat someone else's. How useful do you think it is to stake a claim to the time it takes in a challenge. Because a challenge does take time. It can be the first time we sort of recognize how much time art takes. I think it would be a really good thing to do to just, end of the first week for sure, to be realistic with yourself about what it took. And then if you can, you tell your family and friends, like, don't bother me for for the next hour and 20 minutes or the next two hours or the next however long it is. Like, I I need a safe zone for so I have the time to do this because I have this goal that I really want to achieve. And you all can be part of it with me if you help me 
create the space for it. I think that's really important. We've When we do online classes, some of our students say that they tell their family, you know, I'm taking this class. And so just, you're going to have to do your own homework tonight. I can't, mommy can't help because she's working on her class homework, you know. So yeah, I think it is important to recognize that you know, art is totally fun, but it is also, if you are serious about wanting to get better at it, it does require a time commitment. And that doesn't mean the time can't be full of joy and excitement and delight. It also can be full of anxiety and <laughs> despair, you know? but it, it is still just a time commitment. There, it takes a certain amount of time to finish a painting and to be able to say, this is worth that investment. I'm worth that investment. I think that's really important. Have you had to learn how you approach challenges? Yes. The first challenge I tried to do when I was very, very first starting to paint, I got derailed almost immediately by looking at everybody else's art and deciding that it was better than mine and that therefore I had no right posting and, you know, my tail between my legs, I retreated (laughs) and said, oh, that's not for me. So I had to learn that It's great for me to look at other people's art if I can do it without turning on myself. If I can say, oh, I really admire how they were able to do that stroke. Like, and I love how they got that color, that color bumping up against this color. Like, I never would have thought of that. If I can turn those things into like invitations to myself to play and to practice and experiment, then that's great. But if I look at other people's artwork and say, you're so great and it must be effortless for you but for me it's it's terribly hard and impossible so since it's not effortless and yours obviously it looks so easy for you then i i need to quit right <laughs> like that and i think that can happen I, you know they say comparison is the thief of joy I, I think that's why because we don't really recognize the agonizing moments that that artist had at the beginning of their art making when they were learning how to paint. And even in the middle of that painting, it might've been the hideous, ugly phase, you know? (laughs) And so we can't see all that. We just see the finished product and we just make assumptions. Oh, they have talent. And I don't, obviously, you know? So that's the kind of comparison that's not particularly helpful. So I had to figure out that comparison could really ruin me in a challenge like this. And I had to start making a promise to myself that I would use it like a battering ram against myself. Is there anything else you would like to talk about from a challenge standpoint? If it starts to feel like drudgery, if it starts to feel like, you know, you, you have to do it and you've got somebody has got a gun to your head, you know, put a pause on it because it's not worth it to have your painting life turned into work, right? Like a slave driver kind of work, you know? So I think just to recognize that we're all stewards of this creative energy. And if a hashtag challenge helps you steward that energy well, and I think it can, then that's fantastic. But if at any point it stops feeling like an aid to that, give yourself a break and let yourself say, I call uncle for right now and I'll try another time and see if it has a different sort of flavor for me then. But I would hate for anybody to feel like they finished their 30 days, but they never wanted to paint again after that because it was, because it was so miserable. I hope a bunch of people listening to this are brave and do their first challenge because it can be really scary because you do see a bunch of people who are you know, we, we somehow only see the paintings that are better than ours for some reason. But it is one of the things I so love about Instagram is that the art community is so welcoming 
And the hashtag challenge communities are always so incredibly welcoming. And like, you will find your people out there joining one of these. And you will, you will find your people and you will get encouragement. And then you have to let yourself believe it. (laughs) Right. That second part. You can learn more about Debbie Miller, including her workshops at her website, theymakeart.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll link to everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us today, Debbie. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining me this week on the podcast. Head to learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 35 for show notes. While you're there, add your name to the newsletter list to get more ideas on how to get better at painting. And if you like the show and want to help it live into the future, consider supporting it through Patreon. You can learn more at learntopaintpodcast.com slash support. Happy painting!